Live Feisties, If We Were Riding with Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross, is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive, uplifting messages such as, actually, I can, and she believes she could, so she did, and is designed to fit all body types. You can get 20% off with the code RIDING, as in, if we were, and shipping is free for orders over $75. And remember, you're buying in Canadian dollars, so it's a lot less in US dollars. And you can have all of this at askkickerinkinkwithak.com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, and contains all natural ingredients. Their bars, sticks, and jerky are made with tender gourmet cuts of meat and crafted flavors with elevated yet simple ingredients. You can get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at cravejerky.com. Hey Kelly, so it is our fifth episode, but it is also the end of 2017. So let's start with a big question. How was your year? How was your year? Sum up the last 364 days. Exactly. You have two sentences. Go. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it was my first, well, not technically, but it was my first year like pro racing and I felt like that was pretty, like not to say I'm awesome, but I felt like it went pretty well. You're awesome. What was your best result? I feel like that's such a, okay. I think that's one of those weird things because technically it was like fifth place at Costa Rica, but we need like some kind of calculator that like tells you how good one result would compare to another. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like my, te- like I feel like a different race was actually my best race. Like that calculates the, the depth of the field kind of thing. Right. The depth of the field and the competitiveness and how good you did comparatively. Cause it's like really hard to explain that like a 10th was actually better than this fit, you know? Okay, so which result did you feel better about than your fifth place in Costa Rica? Right, so Rica? technically I felt best about my Santa Cruz race where I got 10th, but that's like hard to explain because it doesn't sound that good. Cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you on my 10th place. <laughs> but I do feel the other thing that I thought was really interesting this year that was really meaningful to me was there was a, there really is, there is a community among the female pros. And I think once you actually like crack into it and kind of get in that mix of like the middle group of women, mm-hmm. you kind of all know each other. You see each other at the same races. You talk to each other. You actually like make friends. It's crazy. Triathlon bringing people together. So you made friends in, in 2017. Is that the summary? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Perfect. I even came and visited you. See? Oh yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Well, obviously, it was a good year then. And you started a whole new company. I started my media company, Live Feisty. That I think that was the highlight of my year. Actually, you you're not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, it was hands down the highlight of my year. I think some of the things, like it's exciting to see that a lot of people are responding really well to what we're doing so that people actually felt like women's voices were missing and that they're sort of appreciating that 
<laughs> that we're talking. Oh, for sure. I mean, I get those replies on my the weekly newsletter like every week with people being like, one woman told me I finally like know more things than my husband that I can talk about. And I thought that was awesome. <laughs> so I loved, I also loved the response in Kona. Like when Ashley Wiles and I went to Kona and we basically like we interviewed more than 30 pro women and the way that everybody like they made time for us and lots of people got behind it and watched the videos, everyone's response. Like I'm just so grateful to everyone who kind of wanted to be part of the project like you know like yourself like Ashley like Alyssa and Haley who have been willing to help out but then also to all the people who are willing to like put up with us interviewing them and running around acting like crazy people so it's been a really cool year and you still have big plans though big plans so in 2018 we're definitely going to have more writing on the site I have a couple community building projects that I'm super excited about so I don't want to give too much away but it's going to be a really nice. great year. Just dropping some teasers. Stay tuned. That's right. That's right. And in triathlon in general, Kelly. Outside of our lives. Outside of us. What what do you think are some of the best performances of 2017? Uh, men's side? I actually, I mean, I thought Lionel Sanders does really make the men's race interesting again. He's kind of really shaken it up. I appreciate him as like a character and an athlete. You know, sometimes triathlon can get boring. On the women's side, I really thought Lucy Charles was super interesting. I'm excited to see what she can do because she's you know two years ago was winning the 18 to 24 age group and now she's you know over an hour faster and I think in ITU racing I thought it got really interesting with Flora Duffy and Katie Zafaris I thought they both were just like super super cool and it's kind of a shame Gwen Jorgensen isn't coming back because I'd like to see her battle it out with them now that it's getting like really crazy yeah I think well we'll talk about Gwen leaving in a second but I wanted to celebrate Daniela a little bit I think like we went into after 70.3 worlds and Daniela Reef was so dominant we all kind of expected her to just win Kona handily and she had a really bloody hard day out there you know like you could tell being at the press conference after like you could tell she was kind of shaken from a day of being in extreme discomfort all day long and if anyone who races Ironman knows that sometimes you have those days and she actually was able to sort of push through that and win by not as much, I think, as the pundits probably expected her to win by. And I think she really kind of showed us how it's done. So we should celebrate that. Yeah, she's definitely been really dominant. It's always fun to see. It's like one of those things that's mixed because it's always really fun to see very, very dominant people. But then you also want, after a little while, somebody to come along and make it more exciting. Right. Yeah, she just became more human, I think, <laughs> in that. And then on the men's side, Patrick Langa. I mean, I'm just choosing the winners of Kona, but... <laughs> I know, that's so stereotypical. It's God. so, I know, right? But <laughs> but he, you know, he kind of shook it up too, right? I mean, Jan Ferdino was kind of like Daniela, was kind of expected to win, and Patrick Langa just came out and... Yeah, showed him how it's done. So I gotta say, I also do love Javier Gomez. I will always have a soft spot for Javier Gomez, and I think he did all kinds of crazy stuff in all sorts of distances. And I'm I'm not the only one who thinks he's moving up to long course in the next two years. Right. And in your newsletter, you mentioned the what did you call it? The Gomez slot. The Gomez rule. Yeah. That, the like Gomez if you rule. win 70.3 worlds, you get an automatic spot. I can't imagine he's not going to try to do that. Right. Yeah. True. So. And and sadly, Gwen has left us. I thought that was really kind of interesting. I think in her shoes, it's fair to say that a lot of people would want to go back and try to get that second Olympic gold medal in triathlon. But as a new mom, and for a variety of reasons, she decided to jump ship and go into the marathon 
and see if she can win a medal over there. Like, I'd love to be a fly on the wall on the decision making on that. I do think either, I mean, maybe you believe, why don't you just believe what she says, that she loves running, she wants a new challenge, she wants to try something different. It's always been clear that running was her first love. Maybe that's just the complete and honest truth, Sarah, and she's just telling you what she thinks. Okay, but <laughs> maybe, maybe. May, I don't know. I mean, I, well, maybe there's... Or there's more money in more running. Money, yeah. And there was like competition growing in ITU and it was going to be harder to beat like Flora and Katie. And like maybe she like took a survey around and was like, eh, let's go do some like high purse marathon road racing instead. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of everything. And it, it is going to be fun to watch regardless to see to see how she does it. If she can become an Olympic champion in the second discipline, that will be absolutely not amazing. Not going to happen. <laughs> Kelly. No. Kelly's predicted it here. It's not going to happen. Stay tuned. I do think there are some big stories outside of performances in triathlon this year too. 70.3 Worlds finally moved to a two-day format, which was a big deal because it was a test and it was wildly successful, right? Like it was a test and it succeeded. And now I don't see them going back because we're going to see two-day in 2018 and 2019. I think it's also setting the stage for a possible two-day Ironman world champion. Though obviously I understand the logistics of that are more complicated, but it was so popular and the women like really, really liked it because their race wasn't getting like messed up anymore that I just, I can't see us going backwards now. So I thought that was a pretty big deal this year. Yeah, I think it was a big, it worked on a couple different levels, right? It, it showcased the women pros very, very well, like at the top level, having their own day, but also like you say, the age groupers really liked it too and having their own race too. So it was a, it was a win a win-win-win they're gonna have to rotate who goes first and who goes second like every year that's a good call actually and what about some of these other formats like super league some other stuff yeah there were some new formats we saw this year too um across the board i think people are kind of getting tired of the same thing over and over and over and so super league did launch this year and super league may not last like i don't think we're gonna say it's a game changer in the sense that it's going to automatically be successful but it's like wacky format, um, really short course, like multiple day, that kind of thing, I think is we're seeing that permeate throughout the sport. People want something that's like weird and fun and different and not just a slog. Not just what did you call it last week? Running people are getting tired of running around a parking lot. Yeah, I say that all the time. And people I also call bike paths the official running surface of Iron Man. And everyone makes fun of me. But it's true. I mean, you just run back and forth on a bike path, right? You do. Yeah. And so you heard it here first race to directors who are listening the outside of the outside of the norm formats we're predicting it 2018 and beyond right right yeah. and so we have to revisit just a little bit the new changes to the pro race because a lot of people aren't really sure how it's going to affect them besides the pros yeah i mean it was definitely one of the big stories of the year though if we're going to say like a big thing that even though it just snuck in under the wire coming like eight days before the end of the year i'm a little skeptical about why they <laughs> what do you think well <laughs> you know it's it's one of those things in marketing not that i'm a marketing expert or anything but you don't have to dig too deeply to find people who will tell you that if you have bad news to present you should present it right before a major holiday like ahem, christmas and so <laughs> they dropped this news they called it equality in their press release when it really wasn't so you had to pay attention to the fine print to realize there weren't actually equal slots for the women and I don't know 
it seems like too much of a coincidence. Did they do that on purpose? I mean, you could, let's make a, in Iron Man's defense argument here, you could say they also were just trying to get it finished before the end of the year. The pro calendar hadn't been released past August because they were waiting for this information. So it was already getting late. Like I was having a hard time making a plan. I'm sure other people were like, why isn't there a calendar out yet? We all were starting to wonder. So maybe they were just trying to finish this up before the end of the year so they can announce the races in Jan- like first week of January and we can all like plan our years. Maybe that was their goal. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Somewhere between. Yeah. But it was true that people didn't pay attention to the details. And so they like definitely missed this big important thing. And in two years, when they all are like, why aren't there as many women? What happened to that pro? I don't understand. Come back and listen to our last week's podcast. Right. And read our newsletter because we explained it. <laughs> so. Because like, yeah, in 2019, you know, when there's only 40 women on the start line and 60 men or whatever it ends up being, or 43 and 57, as Kelly predicts, then don't talk to me about it. <laughs> then people are going to be like, you. wait, wait, what happened? <laughs> so. People are going to be like, why isn't triathlon for women growing faster? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Okay, so 2017, as an outsider, because you're the sports reporter, as an outsider, it feels like more athletes have become activists in 2017, just in general, like not in triathlon, but in general. Is that true? I feel like that might be too strong a statement. I feel like maybe the story of the year is, did athletes become activists in 2017? So like, you know, starting with like Colin Kaepernick and that whole thing. I mean, the NFL protests were definitely kind of like the sports story of the year, I would argue, in the U.S., even though technically Kaepernick started kneeling back in 2016 uh, with his teammate, who everyone always forgets, to protest police brutality, specifically police brutality against black men who die at high rates, um, obscene rates. That was what the protest was about. And so technically that didn't start in 2017. It was just in 2017, given the political climate in the U.S., it really kind of became a symbol of like divides in the country and like whether or not you viewed that as being unpatriotic or as being a patriot, you know, a protest that wasn't itself patriotic because that's what America's about. You know, how you viewed that really, I think, determined a lot, like was an indicator of 2017 of like how you viewed a lot of things. But you did see then kind of a lot of athletes forced because of that into making a choice for themselves. Like, were they going to also kneel? Were they going Mm -hmm. to support their teammates who were kneeling? What did they think about this issue or that issue or, you know, the president or this policy? And I think because they were forced into that spotlight, people who normally would be like, oh, sports isn't for politics, even though that's not true and that's like never been true, were forced to address things they otherwise would have ignored. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And do we think we'll see more of it in 2018? I don't know. That's an interesting question. Because like, was this just a one time flash in the pan? Like this was a really, really hot year here, you know, like in the US, like this was a really touchy year. And now it'll move on and it can't sustain itself. And people will go back to like caring about cute dogs and puppies. Like, I don't know. But I would imagine that some of these things like can't go backwards now, right? You can't take back someone's voice after they have it. Yeah, exactly. I think. I agree. And I think we'll see the same thing with a story we talked about a couple episodes ago with the U.S. gymnastics scandal as well with the abuse that had gone largely undealt with for so many years. I do think that conversation now that it's out there 
And now that we know that these kind of things happen with young girls and, and boys who under largely male coaches, that it will have a la- lasting effect on protecting kids in the future. I mean, that was also a story that actually came out at the end of 2016, the big investigation to USA Gymnastics. It just, with everything else this year, kind of gained momentum, yeah. um, gained traction, which I feel like is how things always go, right? You, you tell the same story over and over and over and over, and eventually it sticks. Eventually people listen, maybe. What are your personal goals for 2018? My personal goals. Oh, man. Uh, Right now, I'm just trying to get back into being able to train as my personal because I'm we've like kind of referenced it. I've been sort of sick and I haven't really been able to train at all. So it's been like this slow, slow slog back. And I 100% appreciate people who are super out of shape and trying to get back into it. It's a little rough. It's hard and terrible. Yeah, totally. I'm just out of shape and staying out of shape (laughs) and staying out of shape. In 2018, your goal is to stay out of shape. That's my goal. You're like, ooh, I would ride, but that doesn't go with my goal. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. No, my real goal, the real reason I'm staying out of shape is because in 2018, I'm going to stay focused on building this business with Live Feisty and with getting more women's voices out there. And I want to hear from people. So anyone who's listening to this who has ideas or things that they want to hear or has any feedback for us, I'd really love to hear from you. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at asskickerinc, inc with a K, dot com. And Crave Jerky, crave with a K, dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton and our social media coordinator is Helen Positor. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time You better get ready to race to the top ready to do this, show you what the truth is I step on the field, it's time to get real, I'm feeling so ruthless Okay, Kelly, before we go, I have chosen in, what would you call it? Like in the name of our sponsor, which is Ask Kicker Inc. Inc. with a K. In honor of. In honor of. Thank you. Those are the words I'm looking for. Our sponsor, I have chosen an Ask Kicker of the Year. Okay. Who is it? Tell us. Our Ask Kicker of the Year, is a new mom, Serena Williams. And I'm going to read you a quote that she wrote. It's been said I don't belong in women's sports, that I belong in men's, because I look stronger than many other women do. No, I just work hard, and I was born with this badass body and proud of it. We don't all look the same. We are curvy, strong, muscular, tall, small, just to name a few, and all the same. We are women and proud.